can you ask the boys in Vietnam to put down the guns as you polish up your rifle in the night and cap your stolen sticks of dynamite? It's crazy. How can you ask the greed heads of the North and of the South to do the turnabout? Is you polish up your rifle in the night and cap your stolen sticks of dynamite. It's crazy. It's written in the sky and it's painted on every face. You know you got to reap just of what you sow. Insurance was his game. He sold your futures for a dime. If you'd only sign your name on the dotted line, page week on time. It's crazy. You paid, you paid, years rolled past your door. There's nothing now to show, but you still see him in the town, still selling futures. Sneeze. I point my finger, turn down my thumb. It ain't me, it's them. They're the ones, those captains of industry, poisoning my air, killing you and me. It's crazy. Before the thoughts can clear my mind, I check my watch. I see it's time for me to go. And though my journey's not too far. Start up my combustion engine, gasoline burning motor car. It's crazy. It's written in the sky, and it's painted on every shell. You no, you got the reapers of what you sow. Hi there and welcome to the third episode of your favorite podcast, 
Dollar Bean Treasures. My name is Christian, broadcasting once again from Stockholm, Sweden. Dollar Bean Treasures started on Instagram in 2019, honoring vinyl records found for 10 Swedish krona, which is equivalent to a US dollar or a euro. Either good albums by known artists, able to find cheap, or more unknown records deserving a bigger audience. On this podcast I'll continue to focus on the lesser known records, though there might appear some known names to some of you too. First off was Redneck by a guy called Danny Cox, taken from his self-titled fifth record released on Dunhill in 1971. This record has a pretty distinctive cover with Cox on the beach together with a horse. Cox started to perform already in the early 60s and released his debut LP in 1963, Danny Cox at the Seven Cities. Based in Kansas City, he there became a mainstay on the city's folk scene. With a record of all self-penned material, Cox plays a soul and blues-fused singer-songwriter style and has a really strong voice. This record must have been a staple in cutout bins because I often see it cheap. But it's a good record worth hearing. With no commercial success, Cox only released this one on Dunhill but returned with another record on a major label, 1974's Feel So Good, released on Casablanca. But to my knowledge, he never reached a large audience, but instead he continued to perform in Kansas City, as well as writing jingles and working with children's theatres. I'm going to continue with another record also released in 1971 on the same label, Dunhill. I played the Californian band Smith on the first episode and after the group disbanded in 1971 after having released two albums, lead singer Gail McCormick went on to record solo albums. On her debut, the first of three, she has a bigger soul influence compared to Smith and it's backed up by top session musicians including Hal Blaine and Carol Kay. Produced by Lambert and Potter who had previously worked with The Four Tops and Dusty Springfield is an LP with a Californian take on soul mixing originals with known covers like uh, Aretha Franklin's Rescue Me and You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. While those are good, the original material holds up well enough too, making it a good LP that deserved a better faith. I'm gonna play the superb single It's a Crying Shame and even though it charted at uh, number 44 in the US, McCormick never had any real commercial success 
uh, and instead quit music and relocated to Hawaii in 1973. Never making a comeback, she passed away in 2016, 67 years old. That was Gail McCormick with the song It's a Crying Shame, taken from her self-titled debut solo album, released on Dunhill in 1971. Let's get a little heavier and cross the pond to the first song on this podcast not recorded by an American or British artist. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the Dutch band Golden Earring. A band that formed already in 1961 and debuted in 1965. In 1973 they got an international hit with the song Raider Love and its uh, subsequent great album Moontan. After following it up with a Switch in 1975 
Golden Earring released two albums in 1976 and I'm going to play a song from the first of those, To the Hilt. The LP was self-produced with vocalist uh, Barry Hay and guitarist uh, George Koymans sharing the writing credits for each of the seven tracks. To the Hilt has a more progressive rock lean compared to their earlier material, with the longer songs and keyboards in many songs, sounding like a proggy The Who at times. Especially great is the song Sleepwalking, which uh, became a hit in their native country, Holland. Let's listen.
really love the sax solo that comes in at the end there. That was Golden Earring with the song Sleepwalking, taken from their LP To The Hilt. Golden Earring was an active band until only recently, with several longtime members. But the band announced earlier this year that their career was over due to Koyman's serious illness. This year, 2021, marks uh, 40 years since the singer-songwriter Harry Chapin died, following a car crash after a gig on the Long Island Expressway in the state of New York. I found several of his albums this year in Dollar Bins and started by listening to his debut, Heads and Tails, released on Elektra in 1972. Initially planning on being a filmmaker, Chapin directed a documentary called Legendary Champions in 1968, which actually was nominated for an uh, Academy Award. But instead Chapin began playing clubs in 1971, and after a bidding war between Columbia and Elektra, he signed a multi-million dollar recording contract with Elektra. One of the biggest of its time, actually, that granted him free recording time and many more benefits. Most known on his debut is the song Taxi, one of his greatest songs, and a hit in the US at the time, reaching number 24 as a single. But the rest of the album is good too, reminding me of Gordon Lightfoot. Cat Stevens, John Denver, or even Tim Buckley, mixing some uh, produced singer-songwriter rock songs with sparser arrangements on others. Let's listen to Taxi. Here's Harry Chapin. It was raining hard in Frisco. I needed one more fare to make my night. A lady up ahead waved to flag me down She got in at the light Oh, where you going to, my lady blue? It's a shame you ruined your gown in the rain She just looked out the window She said, 16 Parkside Lane Something about her was familiar I could swear I've seen her face before But she said, I'm sure you're mistaken And she didn't say anything more It took a while, but she looked in the mirror Then she glanced at the license for my name a smile seemed to come to her slowly It was a sad smile just to say And she said, how are you, Harry? I said, how are you, Sue? Through the too many miles and the two little smiles I still remember you 
somewhere in a fairy tale. I used to take her home in my car. We learned about love in the back of a dodge. The lesson hadn't gone too far. You see, she was gonna be an actress, and I was gonna learn to fly. She took off to find the I took off to find the sky She said we must get together, but I knew it'd never be arranged. Then she handed me twenty dollars for a two-fifty fare. She said, "Harry, keep the change." Well, another man might have been angry, and another. And she walked away in silence. It's strange how you never know. But we'd both gotten what we'd asked for such a long, long time ago. You see, she was gonna be an actress, and I was gonna learn to fly. And here she's acting. 
inside her handsome home And me, I'm flying in my taxi Taking tips and getting stoned I go flying so high When I'm stoned That was Harry Chapin with the song Taxi, taken from his debut LP Head and Tails, released on Elektra in 1972. Chapin recorded a total of 11 albums from 1972 until his tragic death in 1981. Let's continue with something obscure from deep down in the dollar bins. Silver Stevens was a short-lived U.S. duo consisting of Mark Stevens and Arnie Silver who released a record called Dusty Roads on Lion Records in 1972. A label originally created by MGM Records in the mid-50s as a budget label which became reactivated again in the early 70s. Info on this duo and record is very sparse, but Mark Stevens was initially a drummer for jazz trumpeter Don Ellis, while Arnie Silver was in the doo-wop group The Dovells, a group that charted in the US with a few singles in the early 60s. A fun fact about them is that they performed at both of President Bill Clinton's inaugural balls, with Clinton guest appearing on saxophone. Anyway, other semi-known names appearing on this record are conductor Don Costa, contributing string arrangements, and the great uh, Red Rhodes on pedal steel a member of uh, Michael Nesmith and the First National Band. Dusty Rhodes is mostly a rather slick folk and country rock record with some fuzz guitars thrown in. One of the highlights on the record is the song Betty Lou, which I'm about to play for you now. Take me to the point of smiles and grins Take me to the happiness you bring Storm. 
precise, but feeling twice as nice. She did things against her mom's advice. She knows when I am blue. She knows what to do. How did I make do? That was Silver Stevens with the song Betty Lou, taken from their Soul 1972 LP, Dusty Roads. Let's cross the pond again, this time to the UK in the 60s, and a record called Open, released in 1967 and credited to Julie Driscoll and Brian Auger and the Trinity. A record I picked up from a dollar bin a few years ago. Brian Auger and the Trinity was a British band led by keyboardist Brian Auger, while Julie Driscoll is a British singer. They both emerged from the R&B group Steam Packet, which also included a young Rod Stewart. The A-side on this record consists of Brian Auger and the Trinity playing mostly instrumental groovy jazz tracks. All fine, but it's the second side which makes this record worth hearing. Driscoll sings great on these uh, mildly psychedelic soul and jazz numbers, mixing originals with covers including a great 8-minute jazz psych version of Donovan's Season of the Witch, which you'll soon hear. 
The LP, released on the short-lived British independent record label Marmalade Records, reached uh, number 12 in the UK. And the pair recorded another record together in 1969, Street Noise. Here's uh, Julie Driscoll and Brian Auger and the Trinity.
That was Julie Driscoll and Brian Auger and the Trinity with a cover of Donovan's Season of the Witch taken from the 1967 LP Open. Let's stay in the 60s and another rather obscure find from a dollar bin recently by a band called The Match. This group uh, only released one sole album, A New Light, in 1969, as well as two singles, one before the album in 1968 and another one after the LP in 1970. Information on the group is non-existing, apart from that they seem to come from Hollywood and consisted of four vocalists and a drummer. The music can be described as breezy and sometimes jazzy, soft harmony, sunshine pop, in the same league as bands like uh, The Free Design, Harper's Bizarre, Small Circle of Friends uh, or The Association. Though a bit square and slick at times, it features some lovely vocal harmony arrangements backed up by some beautiful string arrangements. The album features a mix of popular movie and musical themes, taken from, for example, Romeo and Juliet, Hair and Alfie, and songs uh, of the time, like a pretty cool version of Simon and Garfunkel's Scarberry Fair as well as songs penned by Jimmy Webb and Roger Nichols. Let's listen to one of the best songs, A Time For Us, which originally appeared in the 1968 version of the film Romeo and Juliet. Here's the match. Thank you. 
You just heard A Time For Us by The Match, taken from their 1969 LP released on RCA, A New Light. Okay, uh, I think we need to fire things up a bit after that and play something uh, by a guy I'm sure some of you are familiar with, Rory Gallagher. Even with a career cut short by illness and a premature death, the Irish uh, guitarist, singer and songwriter left his mark in blues and rock. Starting in the late 60s in the band Taste, Gallagher released a string of great successful solo albums throughout the 70s. I'm going to play a song from 1976, Calling Card, his eighth LP, and the second of four records released on Chrysalis Records. 
with the Deep Purple and Rainbow bassist Roger Glover co-producing the LP. Gallagher had met Glover when he had opened for Deep Purple on a US tour. And Deep Purple's John Lord actually adds some organ on this record. Most known for his hard-rocking blues rock, Gallagher here broadens the repertoire with catchy hooks and acoustic passages. And there's some great songwriting here too. I had a hard time choosing a song from this album, but I'm going for Moonchild, which is a great song. Here's Rory Gallagher.
just heard the song Moonchild by Rory Gallagher, taken from his 1976 LP Calling Card. Gallagher received a liver transplant in 1995, but died of complications later that year at the age of only 47. We're gonna stay in the UK a little bit longer with more blues-influenced music but this time by a Scottish artist. Maggie Bell started out as the co-lead vocalist of the blues rock group Stone the Crows, a group most known thanks to a tragic on-stage electrocution of guitarist and founding member Les Harvin in 1972. The band tried to regroup after the accident, but eventually broke up in 1973, with Bell taking up a solo career instead. After her debut album Queen of the Night, released in 1974, a second LP, Suicide Cell, appeared in 1975, which I'm gonna play a song of. The record was issued in the US on Led Zeppelin's newly formed label Swan Song Records, and Jimmy Page actually contributes guitar on two songs on this album. Often compared to Janis Joplin, Bell's sound is more formed in blues rock, and the album is mostly a compromise of covers with a few originals penned by her and her backing band, while one song was written by The Pretty Things, Phil May, who also were signed to Swan Song. I'm gonna play the first song of the album, a cover of the band Freeze Wishing Well, which here gets a great workout by Bell. One of UK's greatest female blues rock singers deserves more recognition in my opinion. So let's listen. Here's Wishing Well by Maggie Bell. Shoes. I know you ain't going anywhere. 
That was Maggie Bell with the song Wishing Well, taken from her second LP, Suicide Cell. To my knowledge, Bell has been an active artist up until recently at least, but only released one more studio album after this, which appeared in 1988. We've come to the end of this third episode with only one song left to play. Remember that all records I play here have previously been posted on Dollar Bin Treasures Instagram. If you don't follow, please do. I'm posting records almost daily. Last up is Bobby Whitlock, who some of you may be familiar with. Bobby Whitlock is best known for being a member of the band Derek and the Dominoes with Eric Clapton. But Whitlock's musical career began with Memphis soul acts such as Sam and Dave and Booker T and the MGs before he joined Delany and Bonnie and friends in 
1968. His uh, association with uh, Delaney Barney bandmate Clapton led to Whitlock's participation in sessions for George Harrison's All Things Must Pass and the formation of the band Derek and the Dominoes uh, the same year, 1970. On the band's uh, Soul Studio album, the superb Layla and other assorted love songs, Whitlock uh, wrote or co-wrote seven of the album's tracks. In 1972, his self-titled debut solo album appeared. Recorded in London in early 71, before the abortive sessions for the Domino's second album, and co-produced by Andy Johns. The LP features all the members of Derek and the Domino's, including Clapton, with other contributors like George Harrison, Delaney and Barney, and bassist Klaus Vormann. All penned by Whitlock, with co-writes with Bonnie Bramlett and Don Nix. The album is rooted in the same sound as uh, The Dominoes and Delaney and Barney. In other words, uh, early 70s soul-influenced southern roots rock. It's a very good album too, mixing up-tempo numbers with a few more sparse songs, in a way reminding me of uh, Skip Spencer's Roar. Like the beautiful song I'm about to play, a game called Life, with flutes and strings coming in and out in the song. Released to good reviews, it didn't chart very high though. Whitlock recorded three more solo albums in the 70s, but then withdrew from music until the late 90s, when he started to sporadically perform and record again. Thanks for listening again. Hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and if possible please give it a positive review. Until next time take care. Here's Bobby Whitlock and the song A Game Called Life. Bye bye.
too much to me. 